Triple Threat Media is a New Orleans-based production company that documents the humanity of multi-hyphenates in the arts and entertainment industries. They produce everything from music videos to live and virtual events, reels, commercials, and podcasts. The people behind Triple Threat Media are the most smart, multi-talented, and humble professionals in the greater New Orleans area who love and honor the art of storytelling. How do I know this? Well, Triple Threat Media is my company. If you've been following my artistic journey over the last 18 years, you know it's always involved some type of multimedia production. All of that seasoning has put me in community with the best industry professionals in this area who are ready to serve you in your next media project. Also, with every transaction, Triple Threat Media shares a cut of their earnings to directly support the sustainability and economic empowerment of New Orleans artists. When you book our services, you are helping individuals in those communities keep their lights on, tap into their creative aspirations, and level up their entrepreneurial ambitions. For more info and to book our services, visit triplethreatmedia.net. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Self-Aware Millennial. I am your host, Jay Mix. Happy Black History Month. This is going to be a special episode of The Self-Aware Millennial where we are giving a sneak peek into the other show that I am hosting at the moment called Multi-Hyphenate Mondays at the Always Lounge. It is hosted by me and my co-host, Pat Smith, and we are having a good time there. We have been collaborating artists that have never collaborated with each other before and we are doing a lot of innovative things there and I'm so excited to show y'all just a little sneak peek of what is happening and I hope that if you're in the New Orleans area that you're able to check it out right now we are doing every other Monday but by the time this episode premieres we will have moved it to every first Monday of the month so if you're again in New Orleans and checking out the Always Lounge at 8 p.m. on a Monday I know Mondays are hard y'all I know how hard Mondays can be, but trust me, when you go to our show, you're going to feel a lot better about getting through Monday. I promise. We have a wonderful um, segment called Small Wins that we get the audience involved and we, we ask them to write down their small win of the week, small win of the month, whatever it is. It can be as simple as they got out of bed this morning. It could be as simple as they made their bed and we're going to celebrate that because obviously in our grander scheme world at the moment those things may not always get the space but in multi-hyphenate monday space it does and we find creative ways of making sure that their small win is remembered and celebrated but before we get into the interviews which we have chosen for four of the interviews by obviously black artists because we are still in black history month i will be highlighting for those interviews in this episode for y'all to listen to and hopefully it'll inspire you to come to the next one which will be March 4th and we are going to be featuring the Lakeisha's Lakeisha Glover and Lakeisha Logan if you are familiar with the We Will Dream Festival they were like the hosts of the festival and we're giving a lot of interviews to the people that were a part of it and the people that came as audience members um but let me not get ahead of myself. I want to first and foremost, before we start, I want to give y'all in a little in the mix on like what I've been doing for the last couple of months, because as y'all could probably tell, there hasn't been many new episodes over the last couple of weeks because I've been extremely busy. So I'm going to give y'all a quick little in the mix just to give y'all an update on what I'm doing. 
first and foremost the big easy boy show that i was telling y'all about it went completely fine all flying colors pretty packed house pretty much every single night it was great i always get to sing tina and uh what's the other song i was saying i was singing another song but it's always the belty powerhouse songs and i have been thinking about like although i don't mind singing the high stuff because i know i can reach the notes i have found myself to really enjoy just kind of singing the ballads and the little softer sweeter songs but i know i'll never get those in a musical theater space because i can sing the big belty stuff anyway that's just something that that, that i don't even know i'm gonna keep this i'm not i have no idea if i'm gonna keep that in this recording but we're gonna say it just so that it's out there and just so y'all know anyone that's listening and just knows my voice through the musical theater spectrum please know that yes i can sing the belty stuff and yes i'm a black woman but please do not give me all the black women belty stuff for just because of the convenience like not that I don't enjoy it but I want a break that's all I have to say okay so Big Easy Boy's show was fine Mardi Gras was also cute I was not excited about Mardi Gras this year but somehow it was it was still a good one um my nephews had their birthday on Mardi Gras day and we had like a whole little celebration for them and that was great got a chance to catch up with some people I had never really it had been a minute since I'd done Mardi Gras in the French Quarter and like the surrounding areas and it was really nice to kind of venture that way once our family obligations were finished and I remember Mardi Gras just like biking around the whole city it's it's definitely a unique experience and um I highly recommend it to anybody who is obviously in the city you should definitely check out New Orleans by bike on Mardi Gras it's fun um yeah so I'm also working on some new episodes for the next month hopefully I haven't gotten to those just yet but I'm hoping to once this month clears and I have a little bit more time to dedicate to doing this for the podcast but also triple threat media I am kind of diving into a new space where I'm starting to take off a little bit more time from work so that I can dedicate to triple third media and podcast things. It's hurting my pocket, but I'm hoping that within the time that I won't be working, that I'm able to find work elsewhere and basically offset what I would have been making if I were on the clock. So if anyone is looking for anything dealing with triple threat media based services, Feel free to check out triplethreadmedia.net and um, see what you can get while you can. We still have that promotional going on until the 31st where you get 20% off of all your services that you book from now until the 30 or whenever the last day of March is. I can't remember if it's 30th or 31st. But speaking of Triple Threat Media, we've got our first official rental last week, which I find myself is a big one because I hadn't even advertised that we were renting out our cameras and equipment. But like someone had already asked because Triple Threat Media was hired to work at the Black Film Festival a couple of weeks ago. And a lot of folks saw that the cameras were there and they were like, you know, that meme. I forget them. You all know that meme with the dude with like the black dude with his hands rubbing together like he's about to get some food or whatever. That's what the people were acting like when they were around my camera. Like, oh, you got a black magic. Oh, tell me more about that black magic. But anyway, yeah. So that was cool. Black history. I'm sorry, not black history. Black Film Festival was awesome. Moving forward. I've been in the gym been doing a lot because i'm getting ready for jason jesus christ superstar 
as uh, I made the announcement a couple episodes ago that I'll be playing Judas in Jesus Christ Superstar. Yep, that's happening on March 29th, which is Good Friday. And as y'all know, Pat's playing Jesus. And um, if y'all don't want to come see me play Judas, you need to at least come to the show to see Pat play Jesus. We've had a couple of rehearsals so far, and um, it's been great. Um, I don't know how me and Pat are going to be able to act like we are mad at each other but we working on it um so far it's been a laugh fest, a laugh fest but it's it's gonna get better um we can act I promise but yeah definitely check that out I'll leave the information in the description the description so y'all can get those tickets because unfortunately I think they will sell out fairly soon because the casting was spectacular for this and I think we're gonna be all right so Wait, I was totally talking about the gym. Yeah, so I've been going to the gym a lot. And I will be honest, y'all, I've been having a lot of body dysmorphia as of late because um, although I'm doing just as much as I have been doing in the gym for years, it's definitely not like looking that way physically, presently, or at least not to what I'm used to seeing. And it, may, it could be my body dysmorphia in play or it could just be that my metabolism it's slowing down and you know, I'm aging and I'm trying to get through that feeling of just, um, you know, having a, a different body, but still a good body. Like this body has been so good to me and I've done so much with it and I've taken care of it. So I'm, I'm to a point where like, I love this body, but I'm also still like learning to learn the love, the new parts of my body. And I want to be hundred percent transparent with that because like, yeah, I'm about to be doing this burlesque show and, um, not saying I'm extremely comfortable with what I'll be doing or showing, but I am knowing now, like my, my, my mind is getting me ready. Like I have to be ready no matter what state my body is in, you know what I mean? And another beautiful thing about burlesque is that there's so many different bodies that are on that stage that are doing the exact same work. And if anything, the audiences are so encouraging and any little thing you take off, they are, yes, you go ahead and throw in the dolls. I'm like, you know what? I, yeah, I, I like y'all. I like all of y'all. So I'm really excited for that. And yeah, being in the gym, I'm always in the gym and y'all know I've always been doing like running and all that. And I still do every single one of those things. And I've been biking a lot too. But this is me rambling. Let me keep going. We still, we, we getting closer to the, to the interviews, I promise. The last thing I want to say before we go, get into these up, up, upcoming interviews is that Software Millennial got a grant from the Jazz and Heritage Music Foundation. Um, same people that put on Jazz Fest. Sorry, I don't know if I'm, um, I'm, t- I'm, I can't breathe at the moment because like, at least where I, I I'm just getting over like, a random allergic reaction that I got the other day. And I think this might be part of it where I just can't breathe all the time. And I know I'm probably going to need, I'm, I'm going to get check this checked out once this is all recorded, but like, um, whew, it's just hard to, to talk sometimes. Like when I'm inhaling, it's really hard. Anyway, um, jazz and heritage grant got that, got it for the podcast and I'm really happy with it. And I will be using these funds to help as you probably already seen on our social medias. We are popping with just some amazing graphics and just some all around like self-aware millennial-esque things. And that's all thanks to Sakina and Kayla Daz who are part of Dots Daz Digital. And I hired them to work on some amazing graphics and just like keep the podcast popping 
while I'm doing all this other stuff on the side. So shout out to Dot Stats Digital and y'all should definitely check out their amazing show Retro Shade, which is like astrology roles for like comedians. And it's really fun. It's at the Actors Apocathery in New Orleans and it happens like once a month. I'll leave it all the information in the description so yeah, y'all can check it out. They are absolutely amazing. And we have so many different ties in the city, but it's funny how like the city is so big and small at the same time. But yeah, let's get into these interviews. In case you skipped the whole intro and you do not know what's about to happen and you don't know about Multi-Hyphenate Mondays, I just want to get you up to speed. Multi-Hyphenate Mondays is a show hosted by Pat and I where we highlight and showcase two local artists that are known for one thing, but we showcase them in this show as their lesser known talent or lesser known um, skill to the public they may actually be really good at it but it's just something that maybe they don't profit off of or it's something that they kind of just do as a hobby but like really want a creative space to to play with um i consider multi-hyphenate monday more of like you know like when you're in the sandbox with like another kid back in like preschool and you don't really know this kid but you like start building that sandbox and then the kid just kind of joins in and then all of a sudden another child jumps in is like oh let me help or whatever and like y'all don't really know each other like know each other but like y'all creating this thing together that's what multi-hyphenate feels like on a a creative adult creative scale um and i'm really i've been really proud of it working alongside pat has been a really wonderful and eye-opening experience it's so nice to have a co-host y'all being by myself doing this one podcast i'm like man i really need a co-host um <laughs> and doing multi-hyphenate monday and like also working with lefty who is also producing this podcast um has been a joy it's been such a collaborative team effort and shout out to everybody who was working on this show olivia theo corey cat everybody who was behind the scenes like just making sure that this show looks and feels good for everyone that is a part of it thank you so much and i really hope and i'm looking forward to some more shows um that we have on the books and like I was saying, we're going to be highlighting four of our interviews with black guests. Um, maybe in the future, we'll highlight some of the other ones as well. But we chose these four because they were pretty enriching interviews. And um, yeah, we wanted to honor Black History Month. And we knew all of these people that are in these interviews are definitely black history. <laughs> so um, without further ado, the first uh, the first artist that we will be interviewing that you will hear interviews from is from Laveau Contraire, who is well known as a drag performer in New Orleans, has been um, nationally known for their work as a drag performer. But in this particular show, Laveau was a singer slash rap artist on their own vocals. I will also say like vocals and like track everything done through logic pro and like did the whole beat by themselves laveau does a lot laveau is like a true multi-hyphenate so here's laveau's interview so laveau i have so many questions <laughs> well i have at least one answer <laughs> what do you think the answer gonna be what's the answer gonna be yes and <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, well, I've done that song 
quite a few times. Okay. It's like a surprise whenever it does come out. That's why it's kind of like my lesser known talent because uh-huh. I don't, I, none of this music is on streaming services. That's <laughs> it's okay. just on my hard drive. So when I bring it out, it's kind of like a little uh, exciting moment. But it, it took be. some time because I very verbose. I like to put as many words as I can in a verse or phrase, and it's really hard to do live, But so I'm really proud of that breath control that just happened. Yeah! <laughs> yeah. Come on! Because <laughs> I almost make it! But, um, yeah, so that one, it did take some time to, like, get that level of comfort doing it in front of people and not just, like, in my room. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. So, would you say, because I know you also produce your own music, you did all that yourself. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, how long did that process take? And can you just like run through that process? Because do you play instruments? I heard some horns. I heard some keys. Right. Some well, okay. How far back do we go? Um, th- the reason that's like my special skill or like that's in my back pocket is because I went to school for music. I went to LSU, music education major. Okay. They, they tried to teach me piano. I was a piano every year I was there. But I can't do what you do. <laughs> I can't do it either. You know, it's difficult. But, um, yeah, no, I'm mostly voice, but having a music theory background means that I can it get helps. in there in that Logic Pro and make oh, her do Pro. what it do, you know? So, yeah, and I've been doing that since I illegally downloaded the software in, like, <laughs> high school. <laughs> like, I so. didn't even know you could illegally download it. You should not do that in 2024, but it was a different time. <laughs> Okay, now everything has a subscription service, so, you know, you can pay monthly anyway, but, but no, so I've just been making, like, music all the time, like, it's just, that's how I like to express myself, and I love writing down how I'm feeling about a situation, and just, like, finding clever rhymes and things to throw in there, too, that's, like, it's, it's fun for my brain. <laughs> so there's more music. Yes, there is, there is enough music, I've done, like, a, about, a, like, a 30-minute set, of like original music. Most recently I did it at Dillard. They they invited Dillard! Yes. They invited me there. They had a queer gala and I performed for like students and they were like bobbing their heads. I was worried because they're young. Yeah. You know? <laughs> they're ruthless. <laughs> but they liked it. It was it, so yeah, there's music. We will get it on streaming services yeah. in twenty twenty four. I think I can say right. that. It's January. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Hold me accountable, friends. <laughs> All I'm gonna say is the best dream, the best one. If you're just trying to, you know, distribute it, like the distribution services, I have three singles out on there. But yeah, this girl kid, you. you're gonna help me. Yes, distro kid, distro okay. kid is. Okay. I, I I I swear by distro kid. At least at least if you don't have anyone else that can like do it in the, the proper way. Gotcha. Or like distro kid is still really. I, I found to have like. Wow, he's taking Look, oh, the, I'm this down. the accountability so real when the pen and paper on, on streaming platforms. Okay. I'm going to write this down. We can I help. can do that. I, I can help with that. In, in my house, I have, there's my piano, and then right above my piano, there's a wall of post-it notes. And I'm going to write this down, and I'm going to put this. Oh, next. my gosh. Accountability okay. in someone else's home. That's oh. deep. <laughs> We're going to have to do a follow-up. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you have me back and. Debut something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But so what yeah. if um you were talking about just because I I always love to hear about inspiration behind music that is being created. So what were some of your like early influences in terms of music? Like 
uh, other artists that influenced me. Yeah. And, oh my gosh. Well, earlier there was some John Legend playing, and like <laughs> my range and his range fit in a similar area, so I've always been able to like cover like you know ordinary, ordinary people, people was my first karaoke song. <laughs> definitely up there for me. Um, I love B-Side, Beyonce. Um, <laughs> she's great. Um, just like an amazing entertainer, but like you can't really say that without saying like Michael Jackson, Tina Turner, Whitney Houston, like yeah. the greats, right? So just growing up with all of that music um, like in my universe was great, but all of that comes with like a background of uh, black church and gospel right. from, you know, going to church with my grandma every time. Exactly. So that's like underlying everything there, and I always like to hear that influence in other artists because it's there. You can tell, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it is there. I think um, also. I think a little impromptu first verse of ordinary people. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! Well, there's a piano, and and he knows how to play it, so oh, he can nice. ambush people like this. Let's an ambush. <laughs> wow, I, listen, I started this interview with the word yes man. circular table. Yeah, we can um, see y'all. I see Crystal Please. 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 Um, everybody's, a VIP. everybody's a VIP. Everybody's a VIP.
as an artist who I feel is everywhere, doing everything all the time, what does your organization, like, like how, like, foremost, this is, I, I need some advice. Like, how do you, like, how do you keep it all together? bold of you to assume that there's anything organized going on over here. I was like, I know, before you finish the question, I was like, I know exactly what answer I'm going to say. It's going to be ADHD, baby, but, but, but then you asked about organization, which is like the opposite of that. But no, there is a spreadsheet that I kind of like run my life by. It has like, a, it's my year at a glance, but it has like all the details of like, this gig or this meeting with this person or you're hanging out with this friend on this day and it's just all there so I can see it. That's helpful. Um, you know, it's been the only thing that I've been able to successfully keep up with, but I was also successful with a paper planner. It just depends what I just, the problem is, is I would leave home and leave the paper planner at home and then people are like, hey, can you do this thing? And I'm like, uh. <laughs> I don't know because I don't have my lifeline. So now it's on my phone, it's in a Google sheet and I can like, organize it that way but it's a lot of chaos it's like herding cats up here yeah is there like a specific day of the week you're like i'm gonna update my spreadsheet or you just keep like no i'm more of a i need to do it like in the moment like we're talking about it i'm writing it down because i don't want a chance that i'll like let it slip i don't have a bunch of sticky notes i need (laughs) i need like i need it to be there otherwise something might slip through the cracks which is the worst feeling when you're like Oh, I'm so sorry that I couldn't be there because I just locked, dropped the ball. No, I'm not leaving any money on the floor. <laughs> we don't leave money on the floor. <laughs> we don't. It's like if I can humanly do it, if I can be there, I want to be there. And like as you spoke to the multi-hyphenate of it all, I my gay audacity tells me that. If I try it, I might be good at it, but I won't know if I don't try it, right? Right. So, like, I've done uh, stand-up recently, like, the live singing and shows, I've, you know, come from that background, but incorporating it into drag is a gamble because people are like, do a deaf job. (laughs) We don't want to hear you sing a ballad, like, twirl. So, you know, it's like I want to constantly be challenging myself as an artist, constantly be finding new ways to express myself. So it's like you got a check, I got a talent. <laughs> well, Laveau, we gonna have to have you back. We already have somebody that was here earlier that was like, um, when are me and Laveau gonna do multi happy Monday? So no, I'm gonna have to get you let's back. Let's do it. I'm excited. Yeah. I was very excited about this collaboration that y'all will see. Yeah, we'll do see. they even know about it? They don't know. No. They don't even know. They don't even know. They don't even know. We're keeping a lot from you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're, it's all good things. All good things. Yeah. Do do we say that in the opening? Like, hey, the two guests we have part don't, of the don't, 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 Are you going to tell us? Did we say is, that? No, we didn't. We didn't? That's good. Uh, don't do say nothing. Do you want to tell us? No. Do we want to? I don't keep like it a secret secrets. at this point. <laughs> this has to be so exciting. I don't for y'all. like secrets. <laughs> I do. Secrets don't make sense. Secrets, secrets, secrets. secrets keep people. Oh, there yes. we go. That's how you flip that. Mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> but you can surprise, probably use surprise. context clues at this point to know. <laughs> See, I mean, that was just on the spot. Laveau was singing on the spot and Pat be doing that. Like, Pat is just really good, just, like, doing stuff on the spot. And it was wonderful. And I hope you all enjoyed that. The next artist that we have 
for interview is Yamali. Yamali San, who is a local rap artist in New Orleans. But in this particular show, Yamali tried stand-up comedy for the first time. And um, this is the interview we had with Yamali after that first set. Enjoy. I love how now we're getting to do all of our elementary school projects. Cause like we got our small wins. We got our like, <laughs> we got our accountability board. Like we, uh, we're just getting a chance to, um, which I think is very important um, because oftentimes we get so stuck in this adulting bubble and like how to be a good adult that we forget to like explore and try. When I was a kid, I would see a thing and I would explore and I would just do. Yeah. Um, With that, like, don't even care. Like, you hit, you yeah, bump your head, whatever. Yeah. You got a bump. And sometimes you gonna still do it. Yeah, but sometimes as an adult, you need that push to do now. And we are the push. Like, yeah. hey, what if you wanna go ahead and try it? Like, we we'll, we'll give you the space to try. Really it. Good at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll give you the space to try it. Go ahead and try it. So now is our time to talk to Yamali about his comedy set and to talk to Yamali about things coming up and to talk to Yamali about all of his projects. So, Pat, where are we going to do that? I don't know. Where is Yamali? Man, I wish we had, like, a set, like, to, like, um... We have a set? Let's let's do the interview. Wow! (laughs) We have a set! Crazy! Look, my glasses are right here! Who put them there? That was so staged. <laughs> my drink's over there. Michael, thank you so much. Can, can your Molly get it and I had to get mine from backstage. That was that was okay. beautiful though the way it just rolled. Thank you so much. Thank you for voting for me and fucking the first thing. Okay, uh, you. I appreciate you. Uh, so, your Molly. We'll, we'll start with the first question while Jeffrey grabs her drink. Okay. Um, stand-up. What inspired stand-up? Honestly, I think um, out of all art forms of entertainment, I look at stand-up with the most reverence. Like, yeah, music is dope. Like, I, I'm, and I'm, I'm very much so embedded and in, engulfed in, in, in music and rapping and performing and being a performing artist, but I've always loved stand-up. Richard Pryor, George Carlin, Eddie Murphy, Cat Williams, Eddie Griffin, Chris Tucker, Chris Rock, um, John Witherspoon, um, Bernie Mac, you know what I mean? Uh, Kevin Hart, even. Like, I've always enjoyed stand-up comedy, and I never wanted to do it, to be honest with you. Like, watching it, I never was like, oh, I can do this. I just experienced it and always had a deep reverence for it. And when you all reached out to me and said, hey, perform your lesson on town, like, I'm a pretty funny guy, you know, on, on my day-to-day. And I was like, you know what? This could be my chance to take a crack at stand-up. You know what I mean? So, yeah. All right. Um, is that a real story or was it like? That was going to be my question. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wondering, like, who, where a, are these, who are these homies and where are they at? Oh, you mean like the uh, oh yeah. yeah, no, uh, yeah. I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna take this napkin off since it doesn't do anything. There's no bugs in here, right? No, one's uh, no, that story was like embellished with some shit I've experienced at the club. Like I work at a club. I work at the Dragons Den, so I see all type of shit all the time. But um, yeah, I kind of mixed that with some of my experience with my homies. So it was like fuck you, yeah, I'm having half, like like your coffee, some shit like that, a little milk in there. A lot of milk in there. I'm, I'm okay. I'm a lot of milk in there. Yeah. That was uh, no. I I thoroughly 
I thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, in knowing you and working with you, I would not classify you as a funny guy. Um, <laughs> That's not okay. Well, uh, other people I know that I know that, that. that, no, no, you, I said that you are funny. I would. I, I know why you, he said we, we 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 oh, made a song together, joke. and it's just been like, all right, we here to do this thing. Like, what's up? Like, we doing this thing. Like, it's it's been very. Very like step one, step two, step three. All right, thank you, Pat. Thank you for singing. Goodbye. And it's like, man, okay. Like, <laughs> hey, Pat, can you come sing at this thing? Yes, I can. Okay, hi, Pat. You gonna sing? I'm gonna stand up. I'm gonna point at you when it's time to sing, and then goodbye. Thank you. And it's been very. Um, I think this is the first time I've seen you in that light. Um, Word. How did it feel doing your first stand up? Before I say that, I'm gonna get to you. <laughs> For saying that shit, cause you are absolutely right. I am like that. Uh, when it comes to like, cause I was really on a deadline, and I I really do take music seriously. And like the song we made was a very serious song. Like, I that's a ver I believe in duality. It's a very like multi hyphenated things, right? Like something could be super fucking goofy on this side, but on the other end of that spectrum, it's some real serious like like ground yourself type vibe and I we just been in that energy in that creative process I was just in a very like serious place. So I just you know what I mean? But I'm a I'm a yeah. I'm glad you caught that. For this, I was so nervous. I was <laughs> so fucking nervous, bro. Like I promise I was so nervous. I have never done anything like this in my life. I performed at so many places and performed in so many different ways. Never like that. And it was so, I couldn't even stomach. Like, my stomach was doing flips and hurdles and shit. Like, I couldn't, like, my friends was like, hey, man, you can rehearse this shit. But I was like, hell no, I can't do none of this. Because any discouraging thing I'm, like, going to say, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do, like, some interpretive dancing or some shit. I don't know what the fuck, but not that. But, yeah. You're never going to know, especially with comedy, you really need, like, an audience. Yeah, so. you do. And y'all were wonderful, by yeah. the way. That was wonderful. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. So what are some of your, like, musical influences? Because, you know, you did just, like, give us a whole rap extraordinaire. And I'm curious about, like, what your influences have been. Um, it's the Killer Sunrise, first and foremost. Okay. <laughs> you know. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, hey. I would, uh, uh, this is, like, a, a lesser known thing about myself when people look at me as an artist because they, like, hear Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, or hear, like, reputable lyricists, which I do inspire and stream inspiration from in my lifetime. But Sade, like artists like Sade, um, that's my favorite artist of all time. Um, Lauren Hill, um, uh, Bob Marley, um, shit man, Georgia, I was gonna say like, um, George Benson is, is really big on my play. I like have like a lot of old school because those are the, the music I, I grew up with before I even knew I wanted to do music. But like lyrically, like, you know what I mean? Um, the Immortal Techniques, the Most Deaf, the, the Jay-Z's, the Kendrick Lamar's, the Rakim's, the Eric B, you know what I mean? Like uh, really the Pox. Like there's a lot of, I really draw inspiration from those people. And of this newer age, I would say like Lil Durk's, Lil Durk's, um, I would say the G Herbos, like people that people like wouldn't expect me to really be drawing inspiration from, but I draw inspiration from anything that has truth in it. Ooh. So and there's a lot of artists out here with truth. Someone write that down. That them. was a quote. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, um, I know you produce as well. Was that a track that you produced? 
Yes, sir. Multi-hyphen. Yes, sir. Produce that track. Yes, every single chord, everything on that's me. Yeah. I want to know more about your writing style. I want to know, like, where you got your writing. Like, when did you realize writing was a healing experience for you? I grew up in a very uh, dangerous household. And uh, I realized writing was healing for me. At first in school, because school, like, I'm be honest, for a lot of, like, kids that grow up in household, in a home like I did, school became an escape, you know what I mean? Like, an English class was my favorite part of that escape, you know what I mean? Like, writing language arts, writing poetry, writing different, writing about made-up stories, writing about stories, writing about your life, being able to be creative with words, because I think in my home, a lot of voices were silenced, you dig? So... I think I found a lot of therapy in being able to be in class and have a voice when I felt safe in the class because, you know, public schools and other schools like to, according, politi- just not to be so political, but, you know, young black boys and other other groups in school aren't really um, cherished in our school. And, well, when I was growing up in our public school system, like, oh, he's too this. Give him medicine. You know what I mean? Like, so when I, as I grew up, I started feeling safer in school. I found that to be a part of my therapy. And then going home, I'd like lock myself in my room and just write songs. You know what I mean? I'd write songs for like Alicia Keys, write songs for Kanye West, write songs for John Legend. You did like I just that's when I as a, like my younger preteen to teenager years is when I found that therapy in the in the writing. So, y'all remember when I said this is not a funny guy. Um. <laughs> Uh, that's the Yamali that I know. Let me tell y'all something. I was riding my bike on St. Claude, saw this man working, and I was like, oh, like, he working at the coffee shop? Like, bet, that's Yamali. Like, I'm about to say what's up. I'm about to have, like, just a normal, like, hello, friend conversation. Right? And he was like, yeah, man. You in therapy? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute now. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like, you in therapy? Yeah, man, I'm going to therapy twice a week, man. I'm really trying to get, and I'm like, damn, man, I need to, I need to get my, I need, I need to get my shit together, you know? Like, this is the, like, that is, this is, this is very strange for me to see you do a stand-up set. Um, cause that's the Yamali I know. I, I want you to know that. There's, there's levels to this shit. You know what I mean? There's levels to this motherfucking shit. I'm also going to just put a plug out there. Also, happy Black History Month, everyone. Um, But there is a local group called NOLA Black Health Mental Health Matters that has an entire directory of uh, local and virtual black therapists that is literally, like, sliding scale, free, however much, like... from from the low to the high. So definitely check them out. They're on Instagram. Nola Black Mental Health Matters if anyone needs a therapist for free That's or beautiful. for very low rates. Definitely going to tap in with that. Thank you for that. Yo, no, no problem. Uh, Yamali, so we're going to get this show going, but if you could tell all the people about all of the things that you have going on because you, you got a lot going on. Uh, okay, so... First things first, um, hey, how y'all doing today? Y'all good? I enjoyed this show. I enjoyed this interview, this uh, impromptu interview. Uh, 
I um I host an open mic at the Dragons Den every Wednesday. It's free, free entry. Um, for artists, poets, comedians, tap dancers. Say so you act, you want to come in, just stand and look at people for a second. That's fine too. You did like I really, I really just want people to come through and just enjoy themselves. Um, that's from seven to eleven p.m. every Wednesday at the Dragons Den. I host that. Um, I have a show next week. Um. February 16th, if I'm not mistaken. And it's a comedy show, but it's With not. With Kayla not, and Zakina. Yeah, but I'm performing yeah. music. I'll be performing music there. Uh, y'all can follow my Instagram, at Yamali Sun, Y-A-M-A-L-I-S-A-N. That's a killer sunrise. Had me get fucking going, boy. Uh, yeah, um, also, I have a, a film that's about to premiere in a black film festival. Come on! Um, on the 17th. Uh, Celebrated for graduating, for the you big things, celebrated for, for all like the getting big things. Married Social media only cares about the big wins. Like it's got to be so the big. The algorithm just does not care about the small it, wins. For they some don't. But honestly, it's so stupid. I'm very happy today that I made my bed this morning. Mm. Woo. Come on, come on, get, give me a hand clap. Cause Lord, I get up, I get out, and I get gone. But I made my bed this morning. And and that deserves to be celebrated. It sure does. I heard a study that showed that if you don't make your bed, it is better for dust mites to not get caught into your bed. <laughs> Go look it up. Maybe you shouldn't be fucking making your bed. Maybe you should leave that shit. Your Molly is trying to kill my small wins, and I don't. I, that's not what we do here at Multi. It's clearly his first day here, so don't worry about him. Um, we're going to celebrate your small win and not just bash it into the ground. Congratulations! Talk about guts, Mike. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, our table over there is is for small wins, dedicated to small wins, and there may be a surprise with those small wins later on at the end of the show. So please fill them out. And you can put more than one. And they're anonymous. Don't worry, we won't call you out. Unless I know your handwriting, which I don't know anyone's handwriting except, I think, Pat. So. And I brought my colorful pen. So. Yeah, please use his pens. Please. 
But I'm going to also say what my small win was. My small win was that I created those programs. And that's a big win. That's hard. That, 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 that's, that's a small win for me. Studies show. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. ladies and gentlemen, we will see you all in about 15 minutes. Theo. I mean, I understand that Pat said that, like, couldn't see Amalia as a, com a comedian or anything, but, like, I totally see it, especially now. Like, you should have seen Yamali, like, just, and I don't know if Pat was catching on with it, but, like, Yamali was, like, on jokes on jokes on jokes behind his back, and I guess he just didn't notice it, but that's okay. Anyway, this next artist is um, DJ Big C, who is the local roller skate DJ of skate country, which has closed since closed down since, um, Ida, but they will actually be opening in the next couple of next couple of months, maybe next month or so, um, is what he said. And, um, we're hoping that they'll be open by the time, I don't know, spring comes around or like real spring comes around because I'm so ready to be back at skate country y'all. No offense to airline, but it's just not the same. Courtney is an amazing DJ over there and it can roller skate really well. In this particular show, he showcased his roller skate skills and he had me on my skates for the first time in a very long time. And that stage, and I'm going to say it again, this that stage was a little slanted. And so, and but you know what? It had been a minute since I was on the skates too. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to fault the stage because he was doing real good on that stage. And I was the one that, you know what? Let me stop. I'm not going to talk about, I'm not going to talk about, I'm not going to talk bad about myself. Um, here's DJ Big C's interview after we finished skating and we were basically out of breath. Enjoy. Skating since you were eight. Yes. When, at what point, at what age did you say, wait, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. I would say, to be honest, 16, 17. That's when I want to start dancing on skates. That's when I was like, okay, I could do this. Who taught you how to dance on skates? So, like I said, I watched the movie Roll Bounce. Okay. But outside of that, home. Um, I'll say a lot of the guys that work at Floor Guards, mm -hmm. at the rink, they'll be dancing on skates. And also, coming to a, going to adult night. Adult night um, on Thursday nights. I was 16. So I was not old enough, but I worked there, so yeah. I was able to go. Yeah. So I watched the skaters like live. So it's like amazing watching them skate and do this. I said, I want to do that. I want a way to do it. That'd be interesting, because, like, adult night, really, is just, like, grown-er folks, but, like, you can't sell alcohol at the skate rink anyway. So, yeah, I mean, I guess you technically could. <laughs> 16 me, ain't that young. Yeah, first of all, let me tell you something. Just, just because I'm not drinking alcohol don't mean I want to be in a place with a bunch of kids. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Oh, <laughs> um, but, uh, um, um, but with that being said, when you went to adult night, um, was there a certain move that you said, like, that was cool and that's what I wanted yeah, to do? Yeah, two of them, Crazy Legs and the Shuffle, was called Downtown, mm -hmm. where we did with the steps. Those were the first things I wanted to do. And skate backwards. Pretty good. Yeah. Everybody wanted to skate backwards. I still do. Everybody, I, was, How many, I was that guy. <laughs> can y'all skate backwards? No. Thank I you. Can, I can, you. but not well. Not, like, mm -hmm. mine is like a... Like a, a body pushback, like a, I'm going backwards, but like at 0. 0.5, 0. 0.3 <laughs> miles per hour. <laughs> I mean, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. 
but also I, I teach skating too. Mm -hmm. I got certified to teach. Certified skating instructor. Yeah, I know. Can we can we talk more about this this four weeks of of, of skate lessons? That uh, how, how does that work? How do we how do how do we make that happen? So what's the yeah, how do we redeem? Thank you. That's how the do we redeem Come on, redeem. <laughs> so first, I'm waiting on the rink to open. Okay. Which is supposedly next month. It's gonna be Skate Country West Bank on Terry Parkway. That's, 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 that's my rank that I work at. I love that rank. DJ there, skate there, teach there, learn there as well. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so before I even get there, like I got certified to teach, and then once I got certified, I saw the struggles of people that wanted to learn how to skate. Like I was there, so like they didn't have anyone to teach them. People just always like watch other people skate and say, how you do that? I'm like, oh no, like, I do this. <laughs> so I know how to break things down. I learned how to break it down. Took the time to break it down as well. Taught myself how to teach as well. So that was one of the things. Did multi-hyphen, did the DJing come hand in hand because it was like, ooh, they not playing the music I want to skate to. <laughs> not at the beginning. I didn't see myself doing that. I'm not gonna lie. Um, 2012 is when I kind of got interested in um, DJing, and it was mainly for the kids. Um, they wanted certain music to be played when they skate, so I was like, I heard them, I listened to them. I said, like, let's, let's try this. So, played it for them. They enjoyed it. They liked it. Then I started traveling. Different. <laughs> to DJ? No, not yet to DJ. As far as um, when I traveled to go skating. And I heard music to that we all like to skate to, but they don't play it at home. So, like, I would get that music from there, bring it back home, give it to the DJ down here, um, which at the time was DJ Jubilee. That was the DJ for Adult Night. So, fortunately, he um, stopped because he had to he had started getting more gigs. So, um, I kind of took over that role. But also being under him as well, learning from him as well. So, listen to what he says as far as like good advice, you know, because it's kind of hard, but it's fun. You know, it's easy now, but back then, before it was, it was a pain sometimes. But as I started doing it more and more, got better at doing it. Went home and practiced for hours. Went to work early in the morning, like probably running with three hours of sleep, <laughs> but practicing. I wanted to, I wanted to do it. So. I took the time to learn and practice and get better and grow. Yeah, I have a question because I don't know how many people out here maybe don't skate that well and want to learn how to skate. For new skaters, what is like the most like, what is the one thing that you will tell them to do in order to get better at whatever it is. I feel like most people that want to skate want to just look good on skates. Like they want to be able to like, you know, you know, move to whatever the beat is. Yeah. So like what is your tip for them to be able to at least accomplish 99% is bending your knees. But you know, when you stand straight up, you start to do that little wobble wobble then boom, you fall down. <laughs> yeah, I know we all been there. So it's mainly bending your knees and kid you not, your feet has to be in a V formation. So your feet is in a V formation, knees bent, and you walking, instead of trying to push, 
beginner stage first, right? Yeah. So we just walking first before we start to push. You walk with a beat. And I would take them to on the side aisle, which is where the carpet is, before we get on the floor. It's easy to stay on the carpet as far as being on the floor because the floor is slipperier. Yeah. So the carpet has more of a grab so you can actually walk so you're more comfortable. Also, and when I teach, I supply gear so you can feel safe and comfortable. So it's knee pads, elbow pads, wrist guards, helmets, all of it. Especially if you're a beginner, I, it's required for me. So I want you to feel comfortable and safe first. After we, when we get better, when we push in, then I'll actually be more comfortable just taking somebody to get off. You know, but you go, like, it's one thing that's going to happen, you may fall. Right, so it's gonna no, happen. no, no, you will yeah, fall. Right, so yeah, you gotta yeah. learn how to fall. You so learn, you it's don't, it's yeah. a proper way of falling. It's a it's a right way of falling and the wrong way. So I also break that down, teaching how to fall as well. Do you remember one time? When was the last time you fell? I fell. Mm-hmm. At airline, maybe a year ago. It was. It was. I mean, I have a video of it. Um, I fell oh, like this, and I rolled. I, and I was. And I, I, it happens. And I um, I was over dramatic at the end too. I rolled like from the outside all the way to the middle. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. But I also, like I said, like I've been skating for a long time, but I do fall too as well. Some people say you never fall. I'm like I do, and I enjoy it because I learn from it as well. So, yeah, that was your most recent. Is there like a fall? That's like, <laughs> goddamn. That was that was that like was the worst. <laughs> yeah, okay. oh, so, <laughs> kidding not the worst one happened to me. Twenty seventeen, I was skating backwards on some called fast backwards. Yeah, fast backwards. Yes, I was going around the whole floor, and I saw a kid. I tried to avoid him, but I was close to the wall. I didn't know I was that close. So the carpet is on the floor of it. So I hit it. My skate hit it. I fell. I blacked out. So I went. I was in the hospital when I woke up. It's bad. I had a concussion and a kidney nut, a fractured skull. So, yeah. So that was it. Sucked because they have a skate party the next week. So I'm watching on the side. But it was just fine though. Um, but I'll say that was one of the worst things that happened to me. Um, um, another one was the tailbone, which is another one that hurts. You be out for a couple of weeks because of the your spine and your butt. It hurts. But the hitting my head was the worst one, cause also doctor said it's bad for your, like, you know, brain was like that. So that was the worst one. Um, but like I said, I was out for six or seven weeks of not skating, which kind of toured me, cause I wanted to skate, and I felt better. But the doctor said no, so I was listening to my doctor. Did you have um, any issues like getting back into skating? No, the first well, the first the first two weeks, I mean, dizzy. Yeah, because it's like, I spent a lot too, so I tried to spend, see how, you know, I do it. It was fine, but then it's, it was like, uh, not, not there yet. So he was right. So I did listen to my doctor. So <laughs> um, I would say also, being out with those six, seven weeks also kind of made me look on the outside of the end. Mainly for our skate party. I go back. Our skate party was in 17, um, 2017. Uh, we had a skate party. Right before I injured myself, so I'm on the side watching. But I'm watching the DJs, the skate DJs. These guys travel a lot. They play for different cities, different states, and just listen to what the music they play, how they play. So I always was a skater, inside on looking out, not the outside looking in. 
So when I started looking from from the outside, going looking in, I started paying attention to how skaters move, what they move to, and how they move, how the DJ transition music blends, like that. So that made me work on my craft even more. So it sucked that it happened, but I'm glad it happened in a way. You know, I hated that it happened to my head, but like, it made me watch from the outside looking in. Talk about like positive outlook. You know, I, I I fell and got a concussion and blacked out, but it made me such a positive. It made me a, it made me a better DJ. <laughs> <laughs> but it made me a better DJ. Um, and a better skater too. Yeah. Um. So, Skate Country opens back up next month. Hopefully, are there specific? You might not know this. Are there specific days? And if you don't know it now, that like are there specific days that you will be DJ? And if you don't know that now, how do we keep in touch with you to know the days that you will Thursday be DJing? Thursday for sure. It's adult night. So that's the night I run as far as DJ-wise. Six my adult nights there. That's our night. That's our favorite, my favorite, our favorite night. Um, my favorite night, too, um, as well. It's Thursday night from 8 to 11. It's adult night. Not sure the prices yet. And not sure. Well, yeah, I don't know the prices yet. But um, Friday's. Saturdays and Sundays, if I'm correct, all nights from 7 to 10, or open. Saturday, Sunday during the day from 1 to 3.30 and 4 to 6.30. And not sure if I'm going to be DJing all those nights, but as of right now, I am because like I'm one of the main floor guards as well. So like one of the guys is going to go back and help build our floor guards as well to teach them how to floor guard, how to Use them, you know, basically DJ. DJ, how to play games with the kids, how to talk to people, you know, the right way. Don't go at people the wrong way, you know. It could start an argument if you approach them wrong. Like, you know, diffuse it from before it even happening. So, I'll be doing that aspect of that part. Um, that's all I have for right there for as far as the skating time and days. It's definitely from Thursday to Sunday. Now the summer when we're open in summer is basically gonna probably gonna be Tuesday through Sunday. Yeah. 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 Now I have more of a schedule on that one. But you will definitely be on Thursday. Yes. Thursday night. Thursday night, adult Woo! night. Adult night. Yes. And also I teach on Saturdays. Maybe it might change, but I'm I'm gonna keep it right now for Saturday from twelve to one. So and also what I do is like when I teach from twelve to one, you can just skate from one to three thirty for free. Nice. Which is the practice skating. Okay. You know, I'm going to confirm you with my boss. Make sure, because that's what we did before. Yeah, don't be scared. You know, don't don't be <laughs> yeah, I'm going to confirm that, because that's what, what we did before. As long as you take my class, though. So yeah. if you take my class, you can get in for free. So, And afterwards, you know, if you want to pay to stay from 4 to 6.30, you have to go back out to the lobby, pay, you know, admission and rental. Well, we thank you so much. Give him a hand, Woo! DJ Big C. I mean, we didn't write, we didn't like sign any waivers or anything. We just, you know, we did, and guess what? We didn't fall and hit yeah. nothing. So, you know, I call it a, I call it a win, a big win. <laughs> Speaking I of know, wins, not um, wood, because y'all still got y'all skates on. Yeah, you right. Um, I mean, I'm gonna take my skates off right now. Um, how's that though? Because y'all can sit, y'all can sit down. Y'all just, y'all just skating. Um, go ahead, go ahead and close them off, Kat. This is welcome to the Pat Show. <laughs> go, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead, close them off. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pat Show.
Yeah, so everybody at that show basically got four free weeks of skate lessons from Courtney, a.k.a. DJ Big C. And if you were there, then you got it. And if you weren't, I'm so sorry for you. But, like, yeah, we about to be in there. And I'm about to be getting back on my roller skate game. And I'm going to clean out my roller skate bearings and everything. And I'm going to be ready for when Skate Country opens. Sorry, y'all. I'm just really looking forward for Skate Country opening. But anyway, this next artist, which was actually happening within the same show, um, Lyrical Paradigm, who is a local poet, I think got here about two years ago and you'll hear in an interview. Um, and her story is actually really amazing on why, how she got to new Orleans. But in this show, um, as I said, lyrical is a poet, but in this show, she also did stand up comedy for the first time and did an absolutely amazing job. She's funny naturally. So it just worked for her. And, um, this is the interview that we had with lyrical right after her first comedy set. Enjoy. And so my siblings were like, well, what the fuck do we call her? So we decided on new Shannon. She was like, why? Because she's older than you. Like, but I've been here longer. Bitch, you don't know these people. <laughs> why do you get to be old Shannon? New Shannon. She didn't know for a long time we called her that. until one day she texted me and was like, hey, it's new Shannon. <laughs> Who told you that? She goes, I found your TikTok. <laughs> Get out this city, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Let me think about it. 
And then, like, six months later, I was like, fuck it, I'm not doing anything. My kid's grown. I don't have anything to do. I'm going to go. And so I sold everything that I had. I gave it all away. Um, I played baseball in the yard with some plates and some cups. And then I packed up my little dog, and we drove down. And here we are. Yeah, that was like two years ago. Wow, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's been a time. It, it has indeed. Um, I know you as a poet. Um, I do that because the shirt. I uh-huh. Shirt now, <laughs> this, I guess poetry is storytelling. And, um, how often have you done this stand-up? Never. This is the first time <laughs> ever. Um. <laughs> How do you feel? <laughs> warm. That light is hot than a bitch. <laughs> I feel warm and received. Uh-huh. And I, so um, Bernie Mac used to say, if two people laugh at my joke, I did my job. <laughs> and I seen y'all laughing, so thank you. So I, did my job. <laughs> I might try it again one day. We'll see. It, it, it was very good, very entertaining. Um, very, very, <laughs> very, very natural. natural. I mean, I mean, it felt like a conversation, like what we were having backstage, you know, like. Jokes on jokes. I love it. It's y'all, man. Y'all encouraged me to do something that was out of my comfort zone. Because people would be like, oh, you're so funny. You should be a comedian. I'd be like, I don't know why y'all think my real life is funny. Fuck y'all. But okay. <laughs> if I could tell somebody. And I never do it, right? Because like poetry is my thing. And it took me a really long time to get comfortable with performing in the in the way that I do. Um, that took a lot of, of courage. Because I went through a lot as a kid. So I wasn't like the most secure human ever. Um, so that was, it was like, that's my, you know, that's my thing. Stepping out of that comfort zone is really hard for me because I'm old. I don't like new shit. I don't like, I don't like, I don't like knowing new things. Um, <clears throat> switching gears to the poet, to the, to the poetry side. Yeah. Um, you started this, this wonderful new thing called yeah. The Right. Yeah. Um. Uh, could you, could you expound upon what that is and, yeah. um, and how beautiful it is? It is beautiful. Um, so the Write is a weekly writing workshop where I teach people how to write poetry. Um, right now it's at the John C. Scott Center, which is right downtown. And the center is dedicated through the Louisiana Endowment for Humanities to John C. Scott, who was an amazing painter and sculptor and a pivotal person in the city of New Orleans. Um, and so every Wednesday at 5.30, we meet at the John Scott Center, and we write poetry. Um, I teach them different types. I teach them structure. I teach them um, how to read poetry in a very particular type of way. Um, I prepare them for publishing. Um, the goal of the write is to create more black authors, uh, which is something that we don't have enough of. And um, poetry is one of those like lost art forms where if you – don't know somebody you may be you may struggle to find out where you can place your voice or you know what I'm saying like sometimes when you get into it's, a, it's such a tight-knit community that you wouldn't think that it would have the kind of boundaries and restrictions that it would have because fucking poems like words that rhyme you know what I mean like how hard is that to be like oh you make rhyming words too come visit us Right, so that's what the right is. It is my all-encompassing invitation to anybody who wants to write or learn how to write poetry. Um, And we really stick to traditional types of poetry. It's not really spoken word, which is a little different. Um, It's written differently. It's it's performed differently. So 
I teach people the difference between the two, and then I teach them how to hone that voice, like what finding your voice looks like, and how to use it to, you know, project your your thoughts and your feelings. Um, and that's what we do at the right. Right now, we have one more session, which is Wednesday. Um, it'll be our last session at the John T. Scott Center. We had a six-week residency there, which was really dope. Um, and now it's looking for a new home. So now we're looking for a new space where we can invite people out. Um, one of the things I really want to focus on for the right is getting the young people out. Like, it's a city full of HBCUs. Like, why are there no young people who I absolutely know love poetry coming to write poetry, right? And it's because we do it in places like this, like the bars and the lounges and the places that these kids can't get into. And I feel like they're not getting a proper outlet. So I will be going to Loyola for their um, Black History Fest on Saturday. Their Black Student Union and the Delta Sigma fraternity, sorority, they are having a Black History Fest. So I will be setting up a table there to teach people about the right and hopefully get some some young people out to, you know, participate and see what see what they can create. That's the goal. That I don't know. Is Tell a friend to come. Y'all need yeah. to connect. Y'all don't know if y'all know each other. Y'all need to connect. Yeah, that's sure. wonderful. That's wonderful. But um, into the teaching people how to find their voice. Yeah. How did you find your poetic voice? Like, how did that come about? Like, what brought you? I know some of y'all might not have heard her do poetry yet, but it's coming. <laughs> Just wait. Um. So in the second grade, my school put on a talent show. And I was a really shy kid, um, mainly because I wasn't having the best life at home. Um, I was going through a lot. And so my school put on the talent show, and my teacher was like, you have a really strong voice at seven. You have this really strong voice. You should do this thing. And I was like, okay. She goes, I'm going to get you a coach. And she got me a coach who turned out to be my first grade teacher from another school. And she was this beautiful African woman named Miss Burgess, I'll never forget. And she had this really strong Nigeria accent, but she was on my ass. I'm talking about like, not you're not doing what you're supposed to do. She would come and grab my ear. And I lived across the street, so she would drag me home by my ear. She was like, no nonsense. She was about that life. And she carried her bags on her head, and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And so I was like, I don't know if I really want to do this. You know, like I was nervous. And so she came to the school and she coached me. Um, she, we learned Mother to Son by Langston Hughes. And I memorized it and I performed. Like, she taught me how to perform versus, like, being the kid that's standing on the mic like, like for me, bitch, right? So, like, she was like, no, you're not going to do that. You know, like, you a big girl. You're going to act like a big girl today. Uh, and so I did. And I got second place. I won a trophy and everything. And then the lady that I lived with, ended up stabbing me with it several months later. And so I didn't write poetry for a long, long time. Like, I quit. I was like, oh, po you know, that's what gets you killed. <laughs> gang, gang on the poems, right? And then, um, and then, like, some years later, I was able to be taken away from the family that I lived with and with placed with a better family, one that was like, yeah, we want her. Bring her in here. And so my mom, she encouraged me. She reminded me that I did this amazing thing in the second grade. And she was like, you can totally do that. You can do it now. So, And she, she kind of pushed me and pushed me and pushed me. And then I got some really good English teachers in, like, middle school and high school. And they were like, you can do it. And they got me published. And so that was really cool. 
And then it kind of became a thing. And then I, I was always a writer, right? I, I don't consider myself a poet. I consider myself a writer who happens to write poetry, right? So I was always a writer. And so when I got an opportunity in my teenage years to be like, this is what I'm going to do, I had a good support system to be like, yes, that's exactly what you should do. And so that's what I did. And then years later, as an adult, I came across spoken word. And, like, I didn't know that was a thing. I was just writing poetry in my little notebook and never letting nobody read it. And then I came across, I went to a theater. I took my son to see Mars Needs Mom, right? And they were doing, uh, they were having a poetry show, Kings and Queens of Poetry. And I was like, what? People do this? And so I, like, followed the group on Facebook. I went to a show. I kind of jumped in and was like, I write poems. Can I do some poems? Like, can I read you these amazing? They were garbage. Oh, they were trash. Oh, they were the worst. What makes, it, what makes it garbage poetry? You know, when you're young, you write because you want everything to rhyme, right? Like, there's a certain pattern that you are expected. You expect yourself to write in. And then as you become older, you'll be like, oh, okay, I get, I understand imagery better. I understand the concepts of poetry. But when you first start writing, it's very much like, how can I make these words rhyme? Because we listen, we ingratiated with hip hop. So it's like, that is our, that is what we listen to, to kind of be the example for writing, what poetry writing should look like. But also where the, you know, they're not teaching you about black poets in schools. You learn about Emerson and Jane, what's her face, and some other dead white man. But, like, you, you're not learning about pivotal black artists who change what poetry and the landscape of poetry looks like. And because we're not learning that, we're not encouraging our children to do that. But I was lucky, man. I got lucky enough to get some really dope black men teachers and just was like, you can do this. And I was like, fuck it, I can. Why not? Lyrical, where can they where can they find you next outside of the right? Um, that's a good question. At my house. <laughs> I'll probably be spending a lot of time there. Um, on Saturday. On Saturday. Yeah. yeah, I'll be spending a lot of time there. Um, I have my finger in a lot of things in the city. Um, I help produce a show called Love Jones, the Love Jones Speakeasy. So that's a once a month thing we do at the Hummingbird. Um I kind of dabble with Rolling Words, which is another monthly thing. They do like every third Saturday, I think. And I am going to try to frequent as many open mics as I can. So if you follow me on any social media platform, I've created a calendar of poetry events around the city. Um, and so I will be updating that at the end on the last day of the month. Every month there will be a new one posted. And so wherever there is an event, you may find me there if I'm not at home. <laughs> and I would say thank you for putting multi-hyphenate Mondays on that calendar. I of saw course. It. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Make sure y'all let me know what else you got going on. I'll be happy to put all of those things on the calendar. I'm trying to bring poetry. I'm trying to make poetry as big as jazz in this city. Yeah. Because it should be. Yeah. Because these, I know some amazing writers, some really amazing people who deserve a spotlight and they just don't have it because it's like, where's the support? Yeah, so I'm out here trying to garner some support so that we can make a name for ourselves because 
This city is, is amazing. It's full of talent. There's no reason this one art form should be neglected. And that's it. Thank you so much for checking out the software millennial on this special episode where we dived into multi hyphen Monday. And I hope that this sparks you to come check out one of our shows in the near future. All the information for multi hyphen Mondays will be in the description. We hope that you can come support us, even if it's not physically, but if you can do it monetarily, all the information on how you can support will be in the description. All right, y'all happy black history month. And I will see y'all later. Peace.